I'm Chris Peters, and this is the Consultant Side Gig Podcast for those seeking a future in marketing consultancy to complement their day job, or for those looking to build knowledge that enables them to build a full-time career as a consultant. Building your own marketing consultancy doesn't happen overnight, and it's not down to luck. So we share the stories for those that have done it, are doing it, and the lessons I learned along the way. We'll unpack their tricks and tips to kickstart your very own consultant journey. So let's go. Steve, welcome to the Consultant Psychic Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I know you're recently recovered recovered from a little cough. So thanks for thanks for joining today. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, what you're up to, and what you've been doing for the last few years? Yes, so I've 10 years experience in B2B SaaS startups. I've worked for a few now, so I've worked for several different sort of tech companies in different verticals, so more recently EdTech, uh, and then property technology before that, and then a little bit in marketing technology, and then ad tech for, for a while too. So... Uh, my previous role, I ran marketing for an edtech scale-up for the last five years and grew that team from one to 12 of us by the time that I left. Uh, and then, you know, so ran marketing for a property technology co- company called Really Moving for a while. And then prior to that, had a few consulting roles, but then it was also my first sort of big role was really director of content for a quite a sort of large scale up in Sydney. What am I doing now? I'm consulting and coaching. So started that in November last year. Uh, It was probably 12 months or sort of five, six, seven years in the making, um, something that I've wanted to do for a long time, um, but took the plunge last November, which, but really was kind of planning that for the last, last 12 months. Great. So I think my very first question is to help un- help help me understand how you distinguish between the coaching aspect of your business and the consulting aspect. So co- coaching was something that I came about really um, quite a while ago when I started to sort of move into marketing and started my sort of marketing education because I had a sort of past career in design. And I started to come across this world of digital products and online courses and, and coaching. And I knew that ultimately, eventually, I wanted to start some form of business for myself, but didn't really know what. I'd worked in the service industry for design agencies. I'd wor- I then spent some time working for a couple of marketing agencies, but mostly in design and didn't really want a typical agency you know, that sort of, you know, I'd experienced that sort of feast and famine of, um, you know, doing client work and then trying to, you know, do marketing to sort of get new business and, you know, that, that sort of, you know, roller coaster of sort of, you know, new business and, and then doing the work. Didn't really want that, you know, and felt that a typical consulting sort of model where I'm doing a lot of the work would sort of lead to that. So, Coaching appealed to me because it it meant that I could create products, create offers, and then sort of take that to sort of market. 
And I think really that the difference between consulting and coaching for, for me really is with, with the clients that I have is with the consulting model, I am, you know, I am teaching to a point, but I'm doing a lot of the work still. With my coaching clients, I'm teaching them to sort of do the thing. And, you know, the coaching programs that I offer really to deliver a specific outcome so they follow a sort of framework they follow steps so each week we sort of agree on what we're going to cover uh, and then there's that the, the action items are really left for the client to do whereas consulting for me is you know I'm doing some of that work too. Okay so does that mean that your consultant aspect of your business is more of a freelance activation piece versus what people might deem more of a consultative piece, but that's how you're distinguishing between the two. So the coaching aspect is, is more of that advisory role, but your consultant piece is more of the activation doing this stuff. It is, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And looking at, so you're two, three months in, how have you found it? Yeah, it's been interesting. I think it's, uh, you know, the the there's there's lots that, I was kind of expecting to do. I knew that it would be a challenge. I knew there'd be lots of long hours, which there are. I'm you know, not afraid of that. I, I think there's some things that have taken me a little bit by surprise and, and things that I wish that I'd done sooner that didn't and also things that I need to really kind of, I guess, upskill myself with now. And that the, the big one for me, I think, at the moment is selling. You know, I think as 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 good of marketers as we might be able we, we 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 think we are and you know and you know we create our offers we create great messaging we you know we we create you know we were able to sort of take that to market and um you know and attract people but i think that you know one of the skills that that you know i'm trying to sort of learn quickly is is really how to sell as well how to create urgency and you know, when I'm talking to uh, potential prospects. And so, so that's a really tough transition and it's yeah. a completely different skill set. So what have you done to try and upskill yourself or prepare yourself for, you know, for Q2 in the second half of the year? What, what are you yep. doing? Is, it, is that something that you're really honing in on? Yeah, it is. I think, you know, a lot of it is just really observational. So just looking at, how my how the the calls that I uh, I'm on go and sort of just think about what I could have done better, and you know making adjustments just sort of just straight after the call if I don't think it's gone well or if I could have done something better I you know just you know adjust what I'm doing so that I I can improve the next time. I talk to you know, others, peers that I know that, that have sales experience. And um, I'm also a part of a coaching program as well, which I have been for a while. And that's helping as well, because I have a network of, you know, other consultants, coaches, not just in marketing or B2B in completely different niches, but they've, they, they've been through what I have. So I'm able to sort of get, you know, advice from them on, on what I can do and what they've done when they've been in similar situations as well. So I'm not out of the woods yet and, and sort of, you know, still very much learning with that. But it's that that's that's what I'm doing, I think, at the moment, really, is trying to sort of just, just really prepare myself ahead of the call, understand that, you know, what I want. Obviously, the call, you know, you, you can kind of structure the call to a point 
and you know you want it to go a certain way but you know you get curveballs thrown in there on every call that you have and you get different questions are asked and so on and you've got to kind of try and think on your feet a little bit and and that that I think as marketers you you just don't quite you know realize you're not quite prepared for that when it happens yeah it's, it doesn't come as default as part of our typical day-to-day so so no. thinking about actually what have you learned like practically what how have you felt leaving some of those calls <clears throat> excuse me how have you felt leaving some of those calls and what did you do that you felt like felt like I'm going to change that next time what are some of those practical things that you really took away from a call that didn't go as well as you'd hoped yeah I think definitely I mean there's been lots I mean every you know every week I guess there's something to a point and some some don't some go really well and actually you learn from those too but I think it's certainly some of the documentation that I had and I prepared I sort of prepared on the fly for them and wasn't particularly happy with the sort of structure and format of them so I've you know I've adjusted those pretty quickly you know lots of sort of working at the weekend and working and late nights to sort of get that done and spent a bit more time on sort of formatting and design and sort of outsourced that part of it so that that looked a little bit more professional and then I think the just looking at the call itself and some of the questions that I ask within that call as well and and you know, what I think could have gone better. And the follow-up is part of that as well. You know, what? how am I following up? What am I asking in the follow-up? So I guess it, it it's thinking about the whole thing. And I, I, I review that before I go on a call now. I sort of look at the kind of conversation. What have I got? What, what's happened to get me to the, get them to the call? Think about the structure of the call and then, the, the you know, how that call could end and have sort of different variations of how that call could end. Okay, so thinking about how you prep for the call what what are you doing to prep for the call you're looking at their website are you looking at key decision makers linkedin profiles are you looking at any external comms from the company you look at competitors like what what are some of the key things that you have to do yeah definitely linkedin's um, a big help with that so i spend a lot of time just researching the company to a point and then also the team, so the marketing team. What's the marketing? You know, if the I mean, it's generally a very small marketing team. The but certainly the prospects. Uh, how long they've been in the role? You know, what are they doing? I'll look at the company in terms of when the last funding round it was. Is try to get an idea of what they might be sort of working towards next, and then looking at their at their marketing as well. You know, it's you know what what are they doing? Dependent on my sort of approach to them in the first place it might be sort of either content or or sort of that inbound approach and so I'll I'll have an idea of what's working or what I think I could improve so part of that call is sort of demonstrating value on the call as well interesting so trying to demonstrate value that can also become that can come from the types of questions that you're asking so 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 what kind of killer questions do you kind of insist on yourself that you have part, as part of these conversations? Great question. Um, you've caught me off guard now. So, yeah, I mean, I think definitely to see if they, you know, if they think it will make an impact on their business, certainly. I think uh, trying to sort of get an idea of how important this thing is to sort of solve for them right now that sort of gives me, a, a, I guess, an idea of how urgent it is. 
that's you know i mean you know there's the, i can lead into that as well and try to sort of you know i have some sort of tools and resources that i have created calculators where i can sort of demonstrate what it might be costing them to not fix the thing that they that that they're that we're, right. that we're talking about and and that you know you know whether they believe that or not you know it's based on data so it's you know it's you know i know that there's 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 proof in it and it works, but you know it's uh, that that kind of helps to a point, and you know I think you know th- those are the big ones really. So this is interesting. So what? How does this tool work, and what value does it provide? Can you just tell us a little bit more about this because this sounds quite distinctive and unique. Yeah, it is. It took a while to to sort of put together. So it, it's based on. It's based on one of my coaching programs. So one of my coaching programs, I teach SaaS companies how to book more demos so they can build more more pipeline through their demo acquisition channel. Now, part of that isn't just about getting more demos. It's actually about fixing their funnel, fixing their, their process. You know, many marketing teams, even if they're small, will think their process is quite good until we really start talking about all the different moving parts in that. And so the the calculator looks at all of those. And so I just plug in their numbers, you know, so, you know, what are their landing page uh, visits now? What's their conversions? How many, how many demos are they getting? How many discovery calls? What's their no-show rate? What are their meeting cancellations? you know, all of those numbers and we plug them in. And then on the other side, I've got a flip of that. Once we've gone through and we've just seen a slight improvement in that by going through the program, what that could mean in just with just one month's worth of improvements. And and that's generally always more than the coaching um, arrangement will be. So, you know, what I'm trying to sort of demonstrate is there that there's going to be an ROI within the sort of, you know, a month of us getting this system in place. So this is really interesting. I think the key takeaway for me is, and it sounds like look, there's certainly been some opportunities for you to, or in your words, to improve that, that sales output. But I think the key thing for me, it sounds like you, you're having lots of sales calls, which is, which is a good thing. So I guess for my perspective i'd love to unpack what your own marketing looks like to to generate these opportunities i'd love to know about this this tool that you use how much of a hook that is because i know in your pre-show notes that you mentioned communities you mentioned outreach Um, i'd love to really jump into that to uh, what is the tactics what is the type of outreach message that you're using you talked to and before the call about different uh, tools that you're using i'd love to really get a sense of your tech stack your messaging your strategy the tactics yeah if we can dive into that first and foremost yeah that, i mean there's a there's a, a lot to cover there i mean my my i think i i've regrets over i mentioned this at the sort of start of the of the call but you know i think the one things i would I wish i'd done sooner but that would that that's not just a few months sooner that would have been probably a year or two sooner is really work on my personal brand especially on linkedin and that's something that i've neglected until recently so you know i guess i'm i'm sort of at the point where you're about to start a new business and there's no audience there's no awareness so you you're starting from scratch you're starting from your own networks and i've leveraged those as much as i can 
And, and then also communities have been a good source of referrals, actually quite a surprising source, but not my main source. The main source of at the moment, which I'm hoping won't be for long, has been cold email outreach. And so after you know, several years of, of managing and certainly working with SDR and AE teams, you know, and I led a sort of SDR team for a while and not having, you know, done that job and, and been in their shoes, I'm being my own SDR. And that's, that's quite uh, interesting in, in lots of different ways. And so I, I really, I guess, had to learn what the difference was between a sales cold outreach email and perhaps emails that I'm more used to writing and, and sending as a marketer. And, and I think that the difference is in, in one being more about, it's, it's more about trying to build a relationship and start a conversation rather than, you know, demonstrating and communicating marketing messages, which, which you might do with marketing. And so the, I had to go back to school a little bit and, and sort of learn how to do that. And so I looked at, looked at sort of, you know, uh, in the, I guess in the first instance, webinars, um, white papers, ebooks, how to do cold email, et cetera, et cetera, came across a couple of courses and I took those courses. They were free courses, but really great resources from two providers of cold outreach um, software. And I think that the, the big the big takeout for that is that that you know to succeed with cold email you've it's got to be highly personalized personalized and that means that it takes time you know so you know for me to hit my goal of sending you know between five and ten emails a day it can take me an hour to write one email because there's research that's involved I've got to find the companies which I've done. Um, I've got to find the right contacts and then you've got to find a hook. You know, how are you going to sort of what's that opening line or two? And you can't, it can't just be one line because if you transition from, you know, the, the hook to, you know, you know, the, the meat of your email that can be more templatized, then it, it's just, it just doesn't sound very sincere. So it, it's highly personalized and that obviously takes time. There's a lot of time in research. There's a lot of time in trying to sort of think about well, what is that hook? What, you know, how are you going to sound genuine? And, and, and it works to a point, you know, I don't think it's, it's, it's not, not working, you know, it's not generating the volume of meetings that I would like, but you know, I get on a weekly basis replies, even if they're no's from people that are, that are look really appreciate, appreciate the fact that you've taken time to, write a personalized email and I think that that does say something so that's that's been my approach to date has been to really be quite hard with my time during the day and think you know right nine o'clock it's great it's easy for me I've got always got content projects I've always got LinkedIn posts to write you know and follow-up emails I've obviously got uh, you know coaching and consulting calls to sort of you know manage in my day as well but when that's when I'm not doing that, then I'm spending my time on that on on that outreach until obviously the inbound and, and the other the other strategies sort of take over. So, so looking at that, those personalised messages that you've alluded to, what what does that look like? What what are you saying? Like, what are you leaning on? What research have you carried out? Like, have you got an example that you've sent in the last few days, last week or so? 
I could dig out an example, I think, for you. I think that it, it's really the, the, the process starts with me researching the contact on LinkedIn. So, and I will look generally the best, the best sort of content and insights that I can use in a hook would typically come from if they're active on LinkedIn, if they're posting something on LinkedIn. And I can find something that's sort of, you know, quite relevant. And there's an example that uh, I actually saw someone and he was a CEO of a startup and we've had a conversation and and hopefully we'll continue that conversation. And he commented on somebody else's post about poor email outreach and said that said that and he, somebody else had just shared a screenshot of a really bad sales email, uh, an outreach email by some poor seller that had his had his had his email posted all over LinkedIn, and he just basically said, "No, he almost almost never replies to these emails." And I thought, okay, well that's that's a challenge then. You know, if I can get this guy to reply, then that's um, you know you're sort of laying down the gauntlet there. So I took it as a challenge, and I used that. In my approach to him, I can't, you know, I'd need to dig that, dig out the email now, but it's, um, that's what I used. And, you know, and I added to that as well, but it was personalized. It was about that specific post. I used probably the opening of that post in the subject line as well, because I knew, and it was recent. So it was only a week old, you know, so he's going to remember that post and remember that topic. And I also added a bit of humor as well. I think I almost sort of said in the sort of third line, you know, it's, um, you know, I'm kind of going out on a bit of a limb here, you know, with, with, with this approach based on, based on what you've said in this email, but he replied and he, you know, I think he kind of found it funny and, you know, a week or two, two later we had a meeting and we had a good call and, and sort of good laugh about it. So it, it's, it's, you know, it's it's that sort of using something that's sort of, you know, relevant, that's something that's personalized, but you know, it takes time. Okay. And then looking at your your own performance and your your learn as you go and your your optimize your own outreach message to what works. If you're sending five emails a day, what's the like positive uh conversion rate to a to a meeting? So it sounds like you're getting some engagement, which is great. Um, not always at the right time or what have you, but in terms of outreach, cold outreach to, to meeting, what does that conversion rate look like? Is it every you know, 15, 20 emails or is it one one a day on average based on those five emails? It, it, it fluctuates a little bit because I've tried different things. In the last couple of weeks, you know, it's um, I would say it's been about sort of, you know, three a day that before that I was really trying to sort of get, you know, you know, four to five meetings a week. Yeah. And so it's dipped a little bit. Um, but that's really my conversion rate. But those, you know, the, 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 the you know, that the, the, I have to meet those numbers in the first place and the follow-up has to be there as well. Okay. Interesting. No, well, I think it's an encouraging start, if nothing else. Um, so I think that's really, really good. So I think earlier on you kind of, alluded to and we, we didn't jump into it but you talked around preparing for like for this jump that you you mentioned yep. so in the pre-show notes you mentioned again around your own personal brand and if that was something that you were to do again you would have invested more time into developing that what is it you wish you'd done because personal brand means you know, 
lots of different yeah, things, lots yeah. of different people. So what do you wish you'd done and what are you doing now to help rectify that? And have you seen any any benefits that so far, albeit early? Yeah, I have actually. I, I think that what I guess I mean by that is that, you know, for those that are sort of thinking about starting consulting as a side gig and they might not know exactly what they do. I mean, even if you're sort of VP of marketing or uh, a VP of content or something like that, uh, you've got some rough idea of, of what it might be, but you might want it to be a bit more specific. But I would still encourage you to be active on social, be active on LinkedIn, start an email, an, an email list, you know, start a newsletter, you know, in its simplest form, it's quite, you know, sort of an easy thing to do. And, you know, get active on LinkedIn, build your email list, build your audience, be active on other communities as well, and start talking to your kind of ICPs or who you might think your your sort of target audience might be. Obviously, you're, you're not going to know, but I think that's something that I wish that I'd done, you know, maybe a year or two ago. I mean, I ran a blog five, six, seven years ago and, and sort of closed it down just from sort of time point of view. But, you know, and I was thinking about doing something, you know, for the last sort of couple of years, but not quite sure 100% what it might be, but certainly wish that I'd sort of just done that a little bit sooner because I think that would have certainly helped in terms of, you know, refining my ICP a little bit, which I'm doing a little bit on the fly. I'm learning, you know, even that day by day now. And, uh, you know, your messaging, test your messaging and test your offers a little bit just, just before you launch. And, you know, quite seems like, sounds like quite obvious things, but, you know, I'm sort of, you know, doing that a little bit now. So that's, that's, you know, what I would sort of advise for anyone that's thinking about doing this is to start start sooner. You know, if you, your newsletter doesn't have to be perfect. So you can refine it. You can change it, you know, on the fly, you know, as you start to sort of get into it and you start to learn. It's also a good thing, good habit to get into because you will need to do those things when you work for yourself more and more. Great. So thinking about that 12-month period that you use to prep for this jump what is it that you were preparing to do like what were you doing behind the scenes to allow yourself to make this jump in january january november so i guess thinking about the the business model i think was the sort of the, the big thing for me really what what's what what was the business model you know how was i going to charge you know am i charging sort of fees for service am i charging um, am I creating products? Is it going to be a digital product? Um, you know, I mentioned online courses before. That was something that always appealed to me. And so, you know, and, and if, when you do that, you, you need to create a product, a digital product, an information product, which in its simplest form could be an ebook. But more and more now, that's an online course. So, what what does that look like? And I'd taken some, as I mentioned, some coaching and some other courses to sort of help refine that a little bit. And I think the how and, and that evolved because I was starting to sort of think about what this thing could be, this offer, what my offer was ultimately going to be, what my product was going to be, and started to sort of talk to the coaches that I was getting coaching from. And it, and it evolved, it changed a little bit. I thought it was going to be something a little smaller. And in talking to them, I think they've kind of said, you know, I'm undercooking it, I'm underestimating it. 
so it evolved a little bit and then i think realizing that when you when you're when you're trying to build a digital product company or business that that is more around online courses you need an audience first to launch that that product and of course i hadn't got one <laughs> so you know that's um that was that that that's fine so where do you start and then you know in talking to my coaches they're saying well coaching is a good place to start because you can start with one on one coaching and you can evolve and develop the product while you're doing one on one coaching you know you know each each week each each coaching call that you do you can sort of just just evolve it so you don't have to plan it all out the, the problem with online courses is you quite spend months and months recording these beautiful videos creating all the different assets that go with it uploading your visit your videos to a, a platform then you launch it and then crickets so you know and there's ways to get around that of course but but that's that was really kind of where my head was at so that's when i made that shift to thinking that i'd start with one-on-one -on -one coaching and then group coaching after that and that would allow me to evolve the sort of offering. Great. So looking at that preparation that you had for 12 months, you mentioned there about pricing, how you're going to productize uh, your services. What does that look like going into uh, November, December? And what does that look like now based on actually being in market, speaking to people who are going to pay you? How has that changed or has it not? It, it's not just yet, although it, 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 it will do. I think that, you know, I'm going through, so I created an offer and the offer is, part of the offer is the product, what I'm going to deliver and there's messaging associated around that and that's around delivering an outcome. What's the transformation that I'm trying to deliver and, and help my client, client get to? based around their pain point. So the whole offer is your messaging, the product. What do you get with a product? You know, how many sessions, how long are the sessions? And uh, what assets do I give away? What bonuses do I create with that with that offer? And a bonus can be the, the calculator, for example, that I mentioned, but also it could be cheat sheets, worksheets, etc. And then part of that is pricing, and I'll come to pricing in a, in a second. But then also, what ha, you know, what am I going to do to mitigate risk? And so I offer a, a guarantee with this as well. So there's a you know you, there's a thirty day money back guarantee. So if for whatever reason a client is not happy, then after thirty days, if they've done the work, they can get a refund. So that helps to mitigate risk a little bit, especially while I'm trying to get testimonials and, and to sort of prove it out. And then there's, well, also how do I create urgency? So I am also discounting this. So I have a launch offer for the first 20 founding members where I'm giving this away at a discount. In terms of pricing, that, that <laughs> pricing's, Pricing's hard. I think it, it comes down to a little bit based on that ROI calculator a little bit as well. So doing some work with that, looking at, at how different SaaS companies might price themselves and, and thinking about the transformation and, and what it can give them. So it's not my pricing isn't based on 
the amount of hours they get from me. It's not about the sort of eight coaching calls for an hour to an hour and a half and, you know, the implementation sessions that I might do with them or the assets they get. It's based on the transformation and the transformation is more pipeline and more deals. So that's that's where we want to get to. And when we start to think about that, then then we can start to think about pricing. So that's that's how I've that's how I've positioned it. And then obviously I'm I'm discounting that not for much longer, but that's that's you know, that's the the whole the, the you know, the, the coaching offer is is a whole is a is a whole thing. It's a whole bunch of things together. This is really interesting. So you, you hear a lot from other coaches and consultants about this value-based pricing model. And this is, this is what you're referencing, which sounds super interesting. But how do you, how do you, associate, a, how do you associate that value to actually how you're pricing up that um, piece of work? Like how are you scoping that out? Because naturally you have to try and ascertain like what the value is so how, how are you attributing that value based on the work that's going to be had for that particular business well it it's it, it goes back to the, the the calculator a little bit really you know I, I i can see that you know if we can get get them from a to b and at that at that point if, if they're if they're sort of if they're having a problem if they're, they're struggling to either get more demos or, or convert more into pipeline from their demos then and and we can sort of understand those numbers then it will always 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 almost always be more than what I'm charging for the the, the coaching so it, it's it's really looking at that and I played around with lots of different numbers to see what that transformation would would look like in terms of a dollar value to their business before and after so that's really i mean also there's there's looking at other coaching programs and and how other people are pricing their programs what they get with them and you know how long they're for etc etc as well so there's a little bit and there's probably a little bit of like finger in the air stuff as well you know to be honest there's it's kind of like you can do as much of the work as you can, and if there's nothing else that you can, can compare, you're comparing against, then you know you've got to kind of look, suck it, and see a little bit too. But it, this is super smart. So it sounds like you 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 have a frame framework that ascertains the funnel and identifies where the problem is, and then you have data that you have used throughout your career that understands what benchmarks benchmarks might be for particular categories where they are falling down and with the work that you would do with them or you would advise them on the shifts in that would have for their business if they hit these industry benchmarks thus for you showcasing what the value is for increasing pipeline or increasing conversion rate to to call or looking at conversion rate for for your retargeting strategy so super smart and how has this been um, received when you're speaking to prospects is this coming across really favorable do they like this this product yeah they they do i mean i think you know the, the more and more i talk to sort of people it's you know it's it's certainly dependent on where they are it's you've got to catch them i guess where, where they are in you know their stage of sort of funding and 
you know, that's been a bit sort of, you know, finding that has been a, a bit of a sort of trial and error as well. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, they do. It's, it's generally, I mean, most, most startups when I talk to them will want more demos and they want to book more demos. And I talk to them more about the, the process and their first reaction is we're good with the process. Our process is solid. Maybe no marketers want to be told that they've got their, their process is poor. So, and, and, you know, I think maybe I would have been guilty of that as well, but, but you know that when you actually start asking questions and say, well, okay, well, what's your no-show rate like? And what's your conversion rate from demo to this? And what, you know, and, and you start digging into it a little bit more, you can, you kind of can get to tell, well, actually it's not that great. And, you know, when they talk about process, then that, that what they mean by process is how they hand over to sales, how they route leads from, you know, maybe their SDR team to their account exec and, you know, how they notify the sales team when they get a new, a new demo in. You know, that, that's, that's, that's good, but that's not the whole process. And I think that the whole process is, you know, I'm talking start to end from how, yes, do we get more? And how do we drive awareness and how do we create demand for our product? There's, there's that piece to it right the way through to the demo call itself as well. So it's the, it's the whole thing. It, this isn't just about getting more. It's, it's actually how do we convert more? How do we really run an exceptional demo? And, you know, so many, even, even the you know, scale-ups, growth stage startups that, that I see and I go on lots of demos and, and probably a little bit naughty, but um, with no intention of buying, but you go through that demo process and you can see it's quite poor. You know, it's you know all you do is get a tour of the product, and that and that's not not in my opinion how a demo should be. So it it's yeah, that's it. Interesting. Okay, well we're wrapping up now. Um, one one final question. We've talked about this uh, a few times in terms of what you're going to be focusing on, but there's lots that you're going to be looking to. Uh, resolve and address and a test over the next kind of few months but what are those two or three priorities for you over the next uh, quarter yeah it's definitely to uh, scale my outbound but in a way that I can automate it more so automate that personalization so we talked a bit about that um, you know before the call but yeah it's how we how I can sort of you know get to the level of personalization, but but increase that volume, but also increase the performance of it as well, because it, it's time consuming. The next part then is to, um, it is to really sort of launch a group coaching offer. So there's part of its products as well. I've been doing one-to-one coaching uh, up until now, but the next, the next phase, so the next sort of quarter will be, how do I do this within, within a group environment? And then really trying to sort of look at, at scaling my inbound as well. So doing more partnership marketing and then doing LinkedIn as well. So getting a lot more active on LinkedIn. Great. Well, I think what we'll do is we'll perhaps get you back on in the next three or four months to see how those things have progressed. Really interested to hear a little bit more about that group coaching session and how that's progressing. But thanks for joining us today, Stephen. We'll put um, We'll share some of those show notes we'll share uh, some examples that you referenced in our slack community as well so people can have um, a better understanding of what that looks like um, but yeah thanks for joining us today no worries thanks for having me